Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Carl Carlson. You know, Carl, we were just chatting off air and we were kind of getting ready, not related to the topic that we said, oh, we should talk about risk you know, and reliability or risk versus reliability. And it's, you know, it's, do I buy a Mac or do I buy a PC? And it was, I, you remember the old commercials years and years ago where the Mac guy was this cool hip dude and the, the PC one was a, you know, stodgy nerd type looking person. Um, it, there's a, if you're going to change operating systems or you're going to buy, even just buy a new computer, whatever system it is, you know, as well as I do that, that presents a whole lot of uncertainty is the way I define risk. Will this work? What do I lose? What do I gain? How much do I need to learn? You know, and the other part is that sometimes we don't change systems or stuff because we're comfortable with what we know and how we use it. And that's a version. You can trust your system because you know it. And that's a version of reliability. Yet I find, and our good friend Greg Hutchins talks about it quite a bit, is everything's based on risk. You know, I, hmm, there's more to it than that. There's way more to it than that. But it's, I, I don't know. It, what, what, what's your first take on this topic here? Because I, I, I could go all kinds of different directions. Yeah, I know. There's so many different uh, flavors of this. The, um, first of all, my initial reaction to risk versus reliability is you need to be able, you need to be conversant with both bodies of knowledge and we need to address both. So let me explain what I mean by that. There's, you're not gonna make any progress in a company without taking on some level of risk. And so being able to characterize and understand the degree of risk is essential to making good decisions. And that's not the same as confidence intervals, by the way. No, no, definitely not. So the, I mean, from a from a math standpoint, it has to do with the the integration of the severity of the consequence with the likelihood of the bad event, and so you have the severity and likelihood going in, and you can estimate some degree of risk to characterize it uh, qualitatively or even quantitatively. Uh, so that's the first thing is there, we live in a world of risk. You can't the, the the companies that try to be safe by safe. I don't mean safe in terms of harm to people. I mean, Cautious. Take the, yeah, take the, the safe path where they uh, they don't get in trouble. Um, those a lot of those companies end up going out of business because the competition is severe and and you have to take some degree of risk. But you don't want to hurt people. You don't want to cause great amount of harm and risk is the subject of estimating harm in some way and certainly as you point out uncertainty if you plod forward with uncertainty you can get in trouble Uh, reliability on the other hand is a body of knowledge it's very important some people think and i know in medical device so i've sorry for rambling i've got so much thoughts on this the uh in, in medical device work, which I've done with many, many companies, is they separate the performance 
reliability performance from the safety risk. Uh, and they'll use end up using a hazard analysis on the safety side and an FMEA on the reliability side. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but so many people have wrestled with this subject of uh, reliability and risk. And in my view, there's an integration of these bodies of knowledge. And that's what we should look for. What do you think, Fred? Well, there is a lot of overlap. I mean, we, as reliability folks, tend to look at, well, an FMEA. And as you know, Carl, better than I do, is you can look at it in so many different aspects of a new product development or a system integration or whatever whatever project you're working on. And it's really a fundamental tool of dealing with prioritizing what's what are the risky things and so let's deal with those what are the things that are going to cause harm what are the things that are going to cause uh field failure rates that are too high things that are going to cause economic problems or whatever so it's not i don't think it's risk isn't just about harm it's of you know like in the medical situation that's what they tend to focus on because it's oftentimes regulated that they have to and it's good business but it's also if we plot along without taking risks, then we're not going to use the new uh, chipsets that are coming out. They give us the cutting edge or you know good performance. Um, then our product will be launched and it'll be immediately obsolete. And that's a business risk. That's a customer satisfaction risk. It's um, that's why I tend to look at risk as it it's related to uncertainty and it's uncertainty in monetary terms and and harm terms and performance terms. You know, when we do an accelerated test, for example, we can do math all day long and do all kinds of cool stuff and say, well, we think it's going to last five years. There's a whole lot of uncertainty in and around just that methodology. What are the assumptions we made? Were they founded or not founded? How well were they understood? Uh, how good was our test equipment? How good was our measurement equipment? All of those things add compound to the uncertainty of this direction versus just not doing the test. And then you have a lot more uncertainty. So a lot of what we do in reliability work is peeling away at that uncertainty. So we ask questions like, how could it fail? Or what could fail? What are the consequences? All the way to, is this test result meaningful or not? Is this helping us inform a decision or not? There's another aspect of risk, though, is that um, and it, it behooves us to pay attention to it because it deals typically with more senior management folks who we need to talk to and understand and talk in their terms. So when it comes to, say, it's a, a product uh, is coming to its close and we're ready to start shipping it, we're concerned about Will it work like it's supposed to? Is it reliable? And there's uncertainty there. There's risk there. And there's risk of the supply chain being able to support the ramp. There's risk of customer uh, acceptance. And, you know, is this going to meet the market where it needs to be? And will it work? Uh, will the interest rates change? Will the Suez Canal get blocked again and we can't get parts? You know, the senior management's considering a wider range of uncertainties and it's it's not just reliability and so our ability to fit the reliability issues and concerns into the larger context and understand those larger context things and put them in in perspective and, and I, 
one last thought is that, you know, for example, I had a senior manager that was like, all right, we're going to launch this thing. The first thing we're going to do is, is reduce the pricing of all the cost of goods sold because these designers pick expensive parts all the time. And I just came unglued. Like, you, you just can't cut this stuff 10% just because you think it's the same fit, form, and function. And I had the data. I was like, here's the last four projects this happened on it. And it cost us, you know, $48 million for each one of them because you're racing around trying to fix things after you stuck in cheap parts. And it's like, and he, his comment was, well, I don't pay for that. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to your boss. Um, but the idea is, is that there's a lot of other concerns and the, the risk management and enterprise risk management. It's a whole body of knowledge that works at doing what we do on a reliability scale, on a project scale, pretty intuitively. We say, well, what could go wrong? And what are we going to do about it? Whereas at an enterprise scale, it includes the Suez Canal, for example. Whereas we don't typically worry about that too much. Yeah, the, you've brought up so many things here, and I'm actually changing my formulation on this while you're talking. I wish we had a whiteboard in our <laughs> podcast, but I'll try to describe it because mm -hmm. what you're really saying is, I think, is that the reliability is a subset of risk in some way. In other words, uh, you can you can be, and I remember this from uh, working in uh, different companies. Uh, there's some. Uh, I, I'm not going to bring up any names right here. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but the in inside General Motors, there were some really ugly cars that every once in a while they would come up with these ideas. And you can make them really reliable, mm -hmm. but they just they fail right out the bat, bat, bat in launching because people don't want them. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't like them because of the looks or that or some emotional quality. So there's certainly more than reliability to the subject. You also brought up. The, the difference between business risk and technical risk, uh, the business risk takes into a lot of, into account a lot of things that uh, the technical risk is only part of. So this, I see now why you can have this risk versus reliability. Risk is a bigger subject if you approach it properly because you wanna take into account the technical uncertainty and you can address that with FMEA and system reliability modeling and what have you. Um, and in what we call this, the process to achieve reliability. Um, but that's not all there is to it. There's certainly there's economics. Uh, I know in uh, some of the companies I've worked with, they talk about uh, avoiding media events by a media event is a yeah. buzzword for a black eye. Yeah, we did something really bad. Now the, the something really a, bad happens. They want to talk to anybody in the company about who knew what, when. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's, and then of course you have the whole legal subject and then you have regulatory the uh, the um, um, medical device companies they could have fantastic uh, uh, equipment uh, but if they violate some regulatory thing they can end up out of business yeah and so you have this and then you brought up geopolitical like the Suez Canal there's so much involved in business risk it's not just technical so I think the we just have to broaden our Sub our uh, vista a little bit on what risk is all about and include both business and technical and understand where that fits in terms of reliability. Reliability is very important, but it's one part of the overall risk assessment. Does that make sense? Am I saying that right? It, it's true. And what 
fascinates me about it, though, is that reliability and to some extent quality teams um, and even design teams naturally have to consider all of these various uncertainties. You know, so if we, for example, just picking a component for some new project you're working on, the more experienced design teams, electrical engineers, for example, know that if I pick this custom really cool, perfect part for this that only one company makes and they're a small startup, that's a risk that we're going to get locked into this architecture and we're now beholden to this one company that they stay in business and they keep going. And it might be exactly the right thing to do for the market acceptance, for the performance boost it gives, all these other cool things. And recognizing that at an engineering level that that's a trade-off. I could go with this more standard part. It's going to cost less. It's going to not quite have the performance or I have to do something that ends up costing more and I get the performance. Yet I have three suppliers that are reasonable to get us that technology. Um, Some companies really err on the side of being overly cautious and saying, well, we only want components that we have at least five different sources for Versus, oh, wow. good right? luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> and so you end up with this kind of milk toast of a product because it's been made for the last 20 years and it's commodities and who cares? And there's no innovation going on. There's no innovation going on. So there, part of it is at the higher levels, though, is they're also doing very similar things that you and I do on a natural basis on a project is, well, what could... What are the risks? What are the what could go wrong? What could change? What happens if the competitor comes up with something? And then they like in an FMEA is go, well, let's prioritize those. And then what are we going to do about it? What's our plan? What are are, are we going to monitor it? Are we going to avoid it? Are we going to buy insurance just in case? So, you know, what what is our next step? And the the basic process of Enterprise risk management at the highest levels is very, very similar to us sitting down with a design engineer and saying, so how's it, how does it work and how is it not going to work? What happened if? What happens if this happens? And we use slightly different tools. We use slightly different language. Yet the bones of the processes are nearly the same because in both cases, we're looking at what do we do, what do we not know? And how do we deal with that? What is the uncertainties and how do we either accommodate that uncertainty, that risk, or how do we shape that risk or mitigate it in some form or fashion? Yeah, yeah, makes sense, Fred. The, uh, this, this almost reminds me of the discussions we used to have. I don't even engage in these discussions anymore because they're not fruitful, but quality versus reliability, um, reliability versus durability. Yeah. They're, they're just words, and the customer does not care about <laughs> quality versus reliability, and they probably don't care about risk versus reliability. They care about does the product work, and is it economical, and am I going to get hurt or not? And, yeah, does it do what it's and supposed to do? And do, does what it's supposed to do. And it's up to us to do all of these things. So we obviously someone in the company – if it's not the reliability engineer, it's going to be somebody has to be worried about enterprise risk. Somebody has to be worried about geopolitical risk. Somebody has to be worried about 
technical risk, which should be the reliability engineer. So then what is the scope of reliability engineer? And if you want a good career, be aware of all of the above and work in the direction of helping people achieve all of the above. You don't want a, obviously you don't want a media black eye. Uh, reputation is important. Uh, I don't know if you can influence the, um, the what do you call it, the design showroom where, where you have the beauty of the product. That may mm -hmm. be a, somebody else's work, but you should at least be aware that you may have a highly reliable product that if it isn't met with uh, acceptance in the public, it's not going to be successful. So be aware of all of these and work to contribute. And personally, I'm not invested in risk versus reliability. I think they're both needed. And and the risk is a broader word. That's what I've learned from this conversation. Yeah, it's a well, I don't see that's where I I don't think it's actually that much broader. It's slightly different terms. The the vista, I like that term is the mm -hmm. where we we look for the uncertainties is broader. And uh, Greg phrases it as that we often as reliability engineers working on a particular project, we're working at the transaction transactional level. It's like, do we pick this component or that component? This vendor or right. that vendor? You know, it's very, it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white by any means. Yet it's, uh, and it's still not, you know, the decisions at that point can make or break a product and, and a product line and a company. So it's not trivial. And we have to deal with at the design level, safety issues and, and compliance and all kinds of other factors you know, bring up DFX to a design team and they all go, oh, not a, you know, we're going to have 28 things coming at us again, which is going to happen anyway. At the, at, at mid-level and higher management, there's, there's more and more structure to how risk gets communicated and, and, and accommodated and assigned and so on. And, Reliability has always played this game of, or played the game is not the right phrasing, but we've always been part of this risk management process. Because when we walk into the room and say, you know, the field failure rates just went through the roof, and we're often one of the first to recognize that, right? Or the call centers might. And our natural inclination is, well, what's the failure mechanism? What do we do about it? Right. Oftentimes, in my experience, it's a conversation with senior management going, you know, trying not to say I told you so. Uh, when you swap out and use a bunch of cheap parts, this happens. <laughs> you know, let's see the yeah. correlation here. It's built into the business model. We're going to accept a certain number of failures in the field and we'll deal with it with warranty or whatever. It's a business discussion. And I always used to bristle at that because my whole concept is the product ought to work and it ought to work for a long time. And yet that's not necessarily the way businesses make profits. So well, it's, it's also not economical for the customer either. We can design a car that won't fail. It's just nobody will buy it. No one buy it. It'll be a tank and it'll cost a million dollars. That's right. And the roads <laughs> won't support it. <laughs> yeah. If you're a if you're a listener and you have if you want to weigh in on this subject, as you can see, Fred and I feel a certain amount of passion for it. If you want to weigh in with your stories about risk or questions. Um, as to one versus the other or what you think risk is, that'd be really interesting to hear. We'd love to hear from you. And you can do that over at ascendoreliability.com slash go slash S-O-R. 
I still have more to talk about on this topic. Um, <laughs> and you can get Carl and I and the other hosts of the show available on LinkedIn and on our about pages on this, on Ascendo. So plenty of ways for you to get in touch with us. So with, with addressing the risk that we might run long, we might just have to wrap it up there. Okay. <laughs> we'll make that decision. There you go. All right. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for bringing up the topic. It's uh, uh, always a pleasure chatting with you. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Fred. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.